Darren, we'd better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. We are the things that were and shall be again. What was that film you were watching? Death, death, death. Death, death, death. Part two. Oh, Lord. Fuck the front time, bitch! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills, and today is our November's News and Reviews episode. I'm here with my monthly co-hosts, Travis Bennington and John Wren. How's it going, dudes? What's going on? What's up? It's going great, man. Same old shit post-Thanksgiving, so we're all stuffed. Now it's like four days past Thanksgiving, so I'm sure we're all like... Dude, I'm, still, I'm, still 15, <laughs> I'm still 15 pounds heavier than I was before Thanksgiving, so... Yeah. <laughs> Same. Just because I usually don't eat like that, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, all this food. So. Yeah, but and endless heartburn. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't eat like rich food ever, and then it's like four days of rich food because it's like I'm seeing all the different people. Yeah, and uh, just endless heartburn. I wonder if uh, Prolitech OTC like spikes in uh, sales around this time of year just because people are like, I'm going ham. Tom Tom's makes all its money in this last week. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> But uh, all of a sudden, all these fucking birds start exploding because people are dumping their Alka Sessler on the side of the road. Once yeah. <laughs> now, and then, uh, of course, I want to say happy belated birthday to you, uh, Rand. I know we talked about it, you know, you enjoying your birthday uh, before we started recording, but I want to say it to you on the show as well. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm officially old now. So that's mm-hmm. uh, it's all downhill from here or something like that, right? <laughs> and happy belated uh, anniversary, too, because uh, we recorded last time before your anniversary. So. Yeah. yeah, that was that was fun, too. Uh, we didn't really do much this year though because yeah. it was just like a weird because anniversary falling on a monday is like weird so yeah now i think that's pretty much the same thing with me and the wife we got each other like a each like a cool little gift and kind of just had like a dinner at home we didn't really even go out or nothing but so because we had our anniversary was early october so it wasn't like that long ago we celebrated too but yeah well happy anniversary to you as well thank you no it was october 13th so the the uh inverse of yours pretty much fun. yeah but uh oh yeah we can dive into some uh some news first you know and then, and then we'll jump into our reviews which uh um this month hasn't really had a bunch of new releases you know and stuff like that so it's been kind of catching up and then i've been kind of slacking on my catch-up but we'll get to that when we get there but well uh we can start with the news and the first one is the one i feel like is the one that will most have to talk about i feel like um it's the crystal lake series that was announced by brian fuller over on peacock and um it's also being produced by a24 this is uh um, there's not really much to say about it, of course, you know, because the, they're keeping it under wraps. But it seems like they're aiming the series more towards like a story about Jason than Jason's mm-hmm. mom, even though it's a prequel series. And then the only gripe, um, I'm a, I'm only calling it a gripe because I'm going to just say I have a gripe with it. But only line I want to say before I let you guys take it away with what you think about it is I saw where a producer called this a drama series. So that's kind of got me a little scared to watch it. But um, what do you guys think about this? And um, are you guys going to watch it? You know, it's on Peacock. So at least it's something that we probably, you know, either already have or you can, you know, trial it, you know, get a trial and just watch a series and be over with. But Travis, I'll let you take this one first. And then I uh, so, yeah, my uh, my coworker, he loves Friday the 13th. So he was like out in front of this announcement well before I was like, he kept like every day at work, he'd be like, Hey, you hear anything about this? What's going on with this? Like they finally settled this legal dispute and they got the rights to it and whatever. 
I was just like, yeah, I mean, like, I'll wait to see what they're going to try and do with this before I get excited or not. With the first announcement, I was actually pretty excited because I thought it was going to be a show or like a film or something more about the mom. And yeah. like, it's a, it's a prequel. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool because, I mean, Mrs. Voorhees is the best character. And uh, then when I saw the, the like mock up of like the poster, and it has like the kid, but it also has like the adult Jason. And I was like, oh man, like what the fuck's this? And then, you know, in response to that artwork, they came out and were like, oh yeah, like we have access to any of this. So we're, you're going to get it all. We're just going to start mixing it all in there. And uh, that kind of bummed me out a little bit. You know, I think my hopes were excited about something else. And then I'm like, ah, you know, like, I don't need another adult Jason movie. I haven't needed one in like probably four movies. So, I mean, it'll be fine. I'll watch it because it's on Peacock and it's easy and I can just get in there. I do like that uh, A24's involved. And uh, so, I mean, I think there's potential there. I would just like to see it be more about Mrs. Voorhees. And maybe like a young Jason, but even then it's like, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how they do it. That's yeah. where, where I'm at with it. I'm, I'm, it's kind of like I was going into Hellraiser where I'm intrigued by it. I'm not quite excited yet. We'll see as it gets closer. I don't want to set my sights too high. Oh yeah. I'll elaborate when it's my turn, but of course I feel I pretty much will uh, mirror exactly your thoughts on the situation as far as everything you said. But uh, what about you, Ren? What do you think about it? Uh, are you going to check it out? Or, I mean, of uh, course, H- I'll probably check it out. But A24 is attached to it, so I'm going to fucking watch it. Like, yeah. I'll watch it. I'll, if, if A20, if they announced that someone filmed shit drying, but A24 is <laughs> attached to it, I'll probably watch it just because I'm like, just throwing something cool. Yeah. Um, the idea of doing a prequel about Jason, if that's going to be like the, the main focal point, like now that I've been hearing, like, oh, they're going to show the, you know the jason that we all know and stuff like that like i was kind of like weirded out by it but like a prequel of jason i'm like what do you how do you discuss that like because all his story is basically covered in the first one like oh he was weird and the counselors (laughs) like let him drown and the mom's like i went fucking crazy and killed everyone for it like that was that was the story of Friday. Like the Friday jason dying was never like really the it was the catalyst to start why mrs Voorhees killed everyone and then obviously yeah, right. and then obviously jason came back and avenged her for fucking 37 films but like jason dying was never really the that important so i don't know a whole eight episode or nine or ten or however many fucking episodes they're gonna do about jason as a kid being this weird kid that gets picked on and then ultimately just drowns at the in the last episode like i don't know how like they i feel like they have like they're being vague for a reason uh, on this because there has to be more to it then because i don't really give a shit about jason jason's summer camp experience before he dies like i don't really care about right that. Yeah. i can watch that, that movie like in turn like maybe if it was like just some movie like oh there was some kid that, like and they just called it summer camp and it was about this weird kid that and there was a tragic ending like maybe i'd be like into that story but like because it's attached to friday the 13th like i don't care about what I don't care about like the three weeks leading up to Jason's death. Like I don't even care if the whole <laughs> the day he dies, like yeah. from by hour. Like I don't know. Like it's so it's I'm gonna watch it because I'm like intrigued by the 
like what do they do i'm intrigued with like how do they tell this story like how do they make someone like me who doesn't care about that story care about that story yeah so so i'll watch it and then if it fucking stinks like two or three episodes in maybe i won't finish it i learned my lesson that you were like oh you can just download peacock i downloaded paramount plus the only reason i have that that damn app now is because of the stand and everything mm-hmm. everything about the stand looked awesome like leading into it and then the then the show came out and i was like this is absolute garbage yeah. so i bought this app for a show that was supposed to be good and it stunk so maybe maybe wait for if you don't have peacock maybe wait for a review or two like after the first couple episodes come out before you commit to an app to watch a show that might you know as travis loves to say honks yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> no which uh peacock's got some pretty good shit on it I've, it's got black well, phone all the halloween movies or at least you know, the it, new ones but i watch it for soccer but that's just yeah. me um because yeah. all the goddamn soccer matches are on there but i have it because um, the office is like that's where the office went after yep. uh, it left netflix so i've had peacock yeah. since it like jumped pretty much but i now pretty much I just, uh that's exactly how i feel though exactly like you said like pretty much a mixture of what you guys said is like when I heard this was announced, uh, which, of course, for those that don't know, Brian Fuller did the Hannibal series, which I've heard nothing but good things about, but I haven't actually watched. And then, of course, he did the Queer for Fear documentary, which just came out recently on uh, Shudder, which was excellent as well. Um, so I haven't seen much from him, but I've just heard nothing but good things about the Hannibal series. And I've seen some stuff, some like scenes and it's pretty gory. So um, and this is going to be on, you know, an actual streaming service. So they'll go even further because that was on like primetime television. And then I'm with you. Like, I love anything A24 does. So that's where I'll definitely at least give it a try because it's like they're going to let yeah. Ryan Fuller do his thing and they're going to let him do it in a creative way. But uh, I'm with Travis as far as like I wanted a, you know, a story about, the uh, you know, his mom, uh, Pamela Voorhees. And uh, I always want to call her Deborah Voorhees because the actress Deborah Voorhees. But um, so uh, I always wanted to like that's the story I wanted. But um, and I'm kind of with you. I don't want the story about him dying. Maybe if the first episode is him watching his mom become decap like get decapitated, or like if the first few episodes is like he dies, then the second episode is like almost Friday Thirteenth Part One, and then from then on we watch him grow into the adult. Because from Part One to Part Two, it just we never got that story. You know, of course. In the timeline of the original movies, it doesn't make sense because um, Alice is still like young and he goes and kills her as a uh, and as an adult, like two days later or whatever. But um, it would still be cool to see him uh, like grow from there, you know, like maybe after he saw his mom die or, you know, uh, maybe show that he never truly died, that like he was saved. But because of the lack of care they gave to him, you know, that drove his mom crazy. And like so he had to watch her become obsessed with like. Uh, something that never happened or I don't know there's just so many ways they can go with it and uh, the fact that Brian Fuller said he's had this story since he saw the movie back when he was like young and that gives me a little bit of hope but uh, I'm with you guys I'm I'm holding out for a trailer before I say whether I'm excited or not but my expectations did drop a little bit when they went from talking about you know when it was just being called a Friday 13th prequel to obviously being more about Jason but I feel like that's their way of getting around working with Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham because you know when the settlement happened they both got like half of the franchise so I feel like this is their way of using like the character of Jason, but they're not allowed to use the name Friday the 13th. So that's why they're like, uh, we'll, we'll use Crystal Lake and Jason, but we can't use Friday the 13th. So I feel like they're probably yeah. working with Cunningham and not Victor Miller or whichever one, you know, got that part. But this next bit of news, um, I didn't really read too many details on it. And I didn't feel like looking it up either, because I guess until it happens, we won't really know many details. But this next one is a conversation between uh, that's going on, I guess, between Jason Blum and James Wan about merging. 
uh, their two companies together and become a one like big horror conglomerate pretty much for whatever. I don't know if that's a term that fits there, but I'm not that smart. So, but uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, they're pretty much going to get together and make, you know, one big horror company. Uh, how do you guys feel about this? Do you like the idea or do you kind of wish they'd stay separate? My thing with it is, it, is it going to, by combining their co companies, is that going to make less content just like at a higher quality or is that going to make Pretty much is it going to like shrink the content or stretch it you know what i mean so because uh with two different companies you know you're obviously going to get more production or at least you feel like you would so uh what's your uh thoughts about this one ren and uh have you heard anything about it uh, i've heard about it i think it's great for mainstream horror i think it's a really yeah. good idea the i i feel like it's it's kind of like a disney thing like disney buys up everything but then they put out like a million things yeah so like i think and because they have money because now there's a lot of money going into these things the quality is like better like even on like if you look at like take marvel for example like even like the marvel series stuff which clearly has a lower budget than any of the movies still looks top notch so yeah. i think combining bloomhouse and whatever james wan calls his company i can't remember it um together both like makes the bank account bigger and now you have two powerhouses in mainstream horror uh getting to like brainstorming together and i think that Sure, there's going to be some turds that are going to come out, but I think you're going to get a lot more. You're going to get a lot better, like mainstream horror stuff, like A24 and Neon and all that stuff are still going to do like the shit that like I'm into. But like in terms of like bringing the audiences out and having an experience in the theater, I think James Wan and Bloomhouse like combining is like probably one of the smartest decisions right now. True. Yeah, yeah very. Uh, that's true. I didn't think about that because Jason Blum has come out in the past and said that he never like truly meant to go like in the horror route, but then he realized, you know, that it needed the attention. And uh, so I feel like having somebody like James Wan, who grew up a horror fan and always planned to kind of go the horror route, that definitely would make for, you know, better quality content. Because like you said, it gives somebody that's horror minded next to somebody who has the love and appreciation for horror. They're just not necessarily that much of like, he obviously he loves horror for what he does, but you know what I mean? Like he's uh, a businessman first. So um, well, what about... Well, ahead, if you think sorry. about it, if you think about it, James Wan could be the Kevin Feige of whatever this new thing is. Yeah. Like James Wan clearly is like entrenched in horror. Like everything he does has horror in it. Even when he did um what was it, Aquaman, there like that whole like scene with the the wretches or whatever. Like he know like that dude love like loves horror. So yeah. if he's the if he's the guy that gets to like sign off on things like yeah this director should do this fucking movie and this director should do this movie and all that stuff and he can be like the mastermind and bloomhouse is just like jason bloom's basically just like yeah here's a fucking check and yeah. stuff like that like i'm all for it. like that could be awesome hell yeah yeah no i definitely agree 100 hopefully we'll get just like a well i take i was about to say something i regret immediately because i was gonna say hopefully we get a bloomhouse app where we get to stream all their new shit and i'm like no i don't need to pay for anything yeah. else yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, but, uh, hopefully they'll just go be a part of Shutter or something. But uh, what about you, Travis? Uh, how do you feel about this? I, mean, I I had similar concerns to you where I'm like, is this going to either stretch the content? Is it going to reduce the content? Like, are gonna are they going to focus more on these big collaborative pieces as opposed to just like putting out what their separate companies are putting out? But because, you know, like John's saying, there is that appreciation for horror and there are people tied to those companies that are really invested in the genre. I think that you're going to see an ability for them to like do bigger box office things while also still retaining a lot of these like other projects. So I, I think we're going to see like two and a half times the, the content coming out. Like I think we're going to see like an uptick in their, their bigger stuff. 
I also think we're going to see an uptick in like, you know, appreciation pieces, like stuff that's just like a passion project. Now, because they can have these big things and because they have like a lot of good business minds involved, they can make the big stuff stretch the budgets further into passion projects. And you're going to see a, a bit of a, an upturn from those companies and that that's at least what I think. I think that would be the smart thing to do to have this, like, I mean, otherwise what's kind of the point, you know, if you're not going to try and like do two and a half times the, the creativity, yeah. what's the point in merging, you know, like you're doing fine separately. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be a cool thing. I think it's, it's smart. I think that, you know, it's like a, there's like a call and response. I think that horror is definitely on like an uptick and the audience has proved that, you know, when I have like so many like normal ass people that I encounter that are like, Oh yeah. Like, have you seen this horror movie? Or I saw this, or I saw that. And we kind of all talk about that from time to time about how like people who are not necessarily horror people are becoming more invested in the horror genre. Yeah. So I think that this is something that needs to happen. I'm glad that it's happening. I think it's going to be, I think the results will be cool. Oh yeah. No, I definitely agree. Hopefully we'll get to see James Wan play with some of the stuff that Blumhouse has the rights to, you know, cause they have the rights to a bunch of cool shit. They just haven't like released yes. a lot of stuff that they have the rights to yet. So, but, um, so hell yeah. But, uh, these next two, uh, headlines are kind of ones that I just kind of want to mention. One of them we can chat a little bit about, but I feel like there's, it's one of those that I don't want to talk too much about until it's confirmed. Uh, this, that one being that, uh, of course they confirmed scream six was moved up to, uh, March 10th, which I'm stoked on. Cause it's like two days after my birthday. So I'm like, Hopefully I could just go out the night of my birthday and watch it. Cause I don't like to do anything big on my birthday, but if I can go see a new screen movie, that's pretty fucking dope. You know, something yeah. sim- simple, you know, like, uh, like going to grab a burger from my favorite joint type shit, you know? Um, yeah. so that'd be kind of cool if I can find a way to go see it that Wednesday. Uh, or I think it's a, it would have to be a Wednesday if the release date's a 10th. So yeah. Um, so pretty much that was kind of, I was a little excited for that just cause it moves it up. It gives me something to do, you know, that's simple. Also, it just means that, you know, they're completed, you know, that they're not going to fuck around with it. There's no reshoots coming, you know, that they liked what they saw when they were done with it, which is also good. But um, the, the one thing I wanted to talk about that was not necessarily confirmed with this is, you know, of course, they've been leaking pictures. We saw the one still with the whole cast pretty much in a picture together. But then the other picture had Ghostface uh, looking like he was holding up uh, like a grocery store with the, like a shotgun. So I feel like that's definitely a subversive picture, you know what I mean? Or something like that, you know, something that's going to be somebody just robbing a store dressed like Ghostface. But uh, did you guys see that picture? And what do you think of it? Do you think you guys feel like it's subversive or do you think it might just be they're going full on like crazy ass uh, like this killer is going to be doing some crazy shit? I think it was just someone is, you know, copycat, you know, type yeah. thing. I wouldn't be surprised if that Ghostface, like whoever that is, like robbing that store with a shotgun, like. He gets, he's like, oh yeah, he gets it. And he like walks around the corner of like wherever it is, like takes his mask off and he's like, oh, that was so fucking easy. And then like the actual ghost face just fucking stabs him. Yeah. Like, oh, and and says something like no one hate, no one, he'll say, there'll there'll be some fucking comment about like, no one likes like cheap knockoffs or some shit like that. Or no one likes, (laughs) there'll be something like along with movies about how like, you know, uh, jump in the shark or some shit like that. But I think that that. I think that I think they put that out there to be like, what? He's got a fucking gun now. Like that, that, that you know, that's kind of weird. And then you're going to find out that that's like nothing or it's like one of those like it's a movie within the movie. Like, oh, we made stab 48 and he's got yeah. like, yeah. and, he's, and he's a vigilante now and he just goes out and kills people and like, you know, that are robbing stores and stuff like that. Like, 
So I, I don't think it has, I don't think that that's the, whoever the fucking killer is in Scream 6, like, I don't think that's that person under the mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about you, Travis? <clears throat> that's that's how I feel about it. I feel like, I mean, like, a lot of these franchises have, you know, tried to throw the curveball. I mean, fuck, dude. Halloween Ends tried to do it of, like, oh, here's, like, a different Michael Myers, you know, like. Yeah. So you never kind of know who's behind the mask, but I feel like the Scream franchise is constantly shifting the focus of like who's behind the mask, who's really behind the mask, who, how can we make the audience question who's behind the mask? And uh, they do a really good job of it. I think that's one of my favorite parts of the film, but I, I don't, I don't think that it's like, it's real, you know, yeah. it's like definitely, it's like, it's definitely a part of their gimmick, and I don't think that we're going to see Ghostface sticking up a gas station with a fucking shotgun. Yeah. Like, I think that that's definitely something, like like John said, like movie within a movie or like some weird vigilante type thing where it's like a copycat guy. Because we've seen that in other screen films where there's like somebody and it's like, oh, who's, who's this? Why is Ghostface doing this? And then that's not even the actual ghost face yeah so but i i mean the closer we get the more i'm pretty excited for it like i'm definitely excited for the bump up on the date um i feel like coming out of like a gray ass winter and getting a fucking scream movie will be sick oh yeah and it's almost just like a year later so we're almost getting yearly scream movies which is fucking wild to think about because it took a decade to get four and then like almost another whole another decade to get five and now it's like boom you're six so yep Hell yeah. No, and uh, I agree 100% with you guys. It's almost the same exact thing they did with Scream 5, where they, because like a lot of the rumors is that these leaks are from the trailer that should, knowing our luck, it'll, or not our luck, but just knowing the luck of the way we record, it'll probably drop tomorrow morning so we can't chat about it on the show itself. But uh, yeah. uh, just because every time I feel like we record the next day, we get a trailer. Like that one time we recorded, and then the next day there was a Halloween Ends trailer. It was like, motherfucker, I'm like, why'd they do that? To yeah. Us? But uh, no, nah, it's just, uh, so I feel like the trailer's coming very soon for sure. But, um, it's one of those things that uh, I feel like it's going to be just like the Scream 5 trailer where they put the metallic ghost face in the, uh, tra- you know, like in the trailer and then ended up just being part of like the stab in the movie, like you said. Uh, so yep. I feel like it's definitely going to be just like that. This will be in the trailer, but it'll either be uh, just somebody that's truly a copycat or like it'll be like the opening of the next stab movie or whatever. So, but it'd be funny if they pulled like a joke on clerks a little bit at the beginning, like had two people just standing there talking behind the counter and Ghostface runs in and blasts them. And it's like stab six. And then it's like, then it backs <laughs> out and people are watching it on the couch. <laughs> Jane, Jane and Bob are in screen. They're in one of the screams, right? Yeah. Screen three. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, fuck it. Yeah. Just have Dante and fucking Randall sitting there and be like, I'm not even supposed to be here. And then like Ghostface shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Connie fucking Chong. I think that's what he yeah. says when he sees uh, um, yeah. Gail or whatever. But yeah. Nah, fuck. I'm stoked for it. I hope it's good. And then, uh, you know, it's nice to see that. Uh, one thing I like about it is that they kept four characters around, so it's like their deaths will be more meaningful if they happen to do get killed. You know, the Meeks twins, and then um, you know, uh, you know, you know, at least two of them are going. Yeah, so, at least yeah, one of the twins for yeah. sure. But yeah, hell yeah. But uh, and then I feel like Jenna Ortega actually might die in this one, but only because of the fact that with her like career getting bigger and bigger, she's gonna get busier. So I feel like they might know that and be like. Or- uh, or with her, with with Nev Campbell not being a part of it, maybe she's the new Sydney. True, you yeah. know, um, because obviously, if this if this film, you know, after this film's done, like, because Nev says that she was like bummed about it, but like, you know, if they if the money was a sticking point and they want to do something big with the next one, like, 
you know, do they do they toss her the money that she wants and yeah. you know and bring her back? Like Neb's not out of it, but like if this movie does really well and no one really misses Sydney, like if you, I mean, you'll hear it like, oh, it's kind of weird that Sydney wasn't in it, but like if everyone's like, yeah, this was completely fine not having her, the story that they came up with didn't have her, like Jenna Ortega could just take over that that she could fill that void and just become the new Sydney for a while. Yeah. very. Yeah, I felt, I felt like that's what they should have done with five anyway was, you know, past because you know, how, how many times can we watch Sydney Prescott like escape uh, another ghost face? Like someone yeah, has yeah. to figure out, someone has to figure out how to kill her. Like even Nancy died in fucking um, nightmare on Elm street. Like you have to kill her off at some point. Like Laurie, yeah. like obviously they, they didn't do it. Like the Bloom House, like the new uh, version of the new trilogy of Halloween brought back Lori, but like even at a certain point, they like killed Lori off. Yeah. So, like, yeah. They, so they, uh, you have to kill the final girl at some point and create a new final girl yeah. or a new final, final whatever. But like, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think Jenna Ortega stays around, especially if this yeah. film does really well. Oh, yeah. I think they, and I think they try to lock her. I think they're going to learn that because nev campbell is like well every time this movie's come out like i should get more money i wouldn't be surprised if they lock jenna ortega into like a contract now to be like this is what we're paying you for the next fucking eight films like yeah yeah now and even if they do another scream they probably won't do more than like a trilogy i'm sure because i know that radio silence if i'm not mistaken has already got something else like attached to their name in the future but i can't remember what it is for the life of me but um i think it's like an adaptation of something but uh, who knows? You know, a lot of stuff gets announced and then even falls through. Like there was supposed to be a movie that uh, was supposed to be out like two years ago called The Hills Have Eyes for You. And it was supposed to be like a romantic, uh, a rom-com horror movie that was supposed to come out on Netflix. And it was going to be directed by the Tucker and Dale guys. And um, Christopher Landon was like producing it from, you know, like Happy Death Day and, sh- and Freaky and shit. And uh, yeah. I don't know. What, I haven't heard shit about it. I don't know what happened. But I was like, that sounded like a really fun idea. You know what I mean? Like almost yep. doing like a comedy Hills Have Eyes. But uh, and then the name alone had me sold, but no, nah, that's that's the sad part about horror and just movies in general, just all the shit that you hear about and then never get to see. So, yeah. yeah. But pretty much the last bit of news I have, and this is kind of the one that I was going to say, just to mention, you know, because there's not really much to talk about here because we still have no actual knowledge of the film itself. But uh, they announced that, uh, you know, originally it was announced that Disappointment Boulevard was going to be running close to four hours. They finally announced that that's dropped to slightly below three hours. And um, I'd never, when, while I was researching that, I didn't know that. Nathan Lane said that this movie will probably premiere at con of next year. He said that a couple months ago. I never saw that. Cause I, I, uh, I guess he did an interview back in like April or something. So um, I guess we can look forward to a trailer, hopefully closer to the beginning of the year, maybe Christmas. But how do you guys, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, obviously we want more Ari Aster, but sometimes, you know, you don't want the film flooded either, you know, with uh, stuff that could be cut. So how do you guys feel about the hour cut? And uh, do you guys hope that we get that inevitable director's cut from Ari? Uh, an hour is a fucking lot of film to cut. That's a lot of film. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think unless, it was a full hour. I think it was like 40, like 35, 40 minutes. Like, even that is like a lot of film to cut. Like, that's a lot yeah. that because you, you can, there's a lot of shit you can do in like a short amount of time. I mean, I'm, I understand it's Ari Aster and he like, he likes those slow burn stuff. So, like, it, you know, to me, 
don't know. Sometimes I like just want to see the fucking director's like vision. Like just give me four hours. Like I'll sit through it. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that an Ari, a four hour Ari Aster movie is a fucking really hard sell if they want to make any money off of it. Like the three of us would totally be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just go see it. Yeah. There's, yeah. My, there's my Sunday. But trying to pitch that to the main mainstream audience, even being like the director of Hereditary, like it's going to be like four fucking hours. Like, so, I mean, I guess it's smart business wise. Uh, there's totally going to be a director's cut. If, yeah. There has to be. If he filmed a yeah. four hour film, there has to be a four hour. I mean, they released a goddamn four hour version of return of the king there's going to be a four-hour version of his movie yeah which is also you got to sell it to the audience with four hours and then you also got to sell it to the theaters you know because they can only run it so many times so they don't want to pay for it and have to run oh we have to take up two theaters to show this six times like fuck that you know because if it comes out the same time as a marvel movie they're going to want to flood the theaters with that or whatever so no definitely uh I feel the business side of cutting it but i'm with you as a fan i don't want it cut but i definitely understand the cuts but what about you travis I've, I I feel exactly the same way as you guys. Uh, and I feel like with Ari's movies, I enjoy the longer versions better. You know, like yeah. when they did the uh, director's cut of Midsummer, and I was just like, this is a thousand times better than the theatrical <laughs> version. And so that became the only one that I'll watch. You know, yeah. it's like I bought that like as soon as I could. We saw it in the theater. So I saw both versions in the theater and I liked the director's version better. So I'm not batting an eye, you know, when you say, oh, it's a four hour movie. Like I'll sit through like a three and a half hour midsummer and not even think about it. Yeah. So a, a four hour movie in the case of Ari Aster means nothing to me. I'm totally fine with it. I think from a commercial standpoint, yeah, it's it's a hard sell. It's like you said, it's a hard sell to theaters. And again, especially if they're going to release like a fucking three hour fucking Marvel movie, you know, because that's the thing, too, is like some of these fucking Marvel and fucking DC movies are three plus hours at this point, but they're going to crush in the box office over anything. And it's like, I mean, I don't want to watch a four hour Avengers movie. That sucks for me like that. You know, I have no interest in that. But in the case of this film, I'd, I'd watch every bit of four hours on it. So I think cutting off some fucking time, I mean, it'll be great. I'll enjoy it, but I'll look forward to the director's cut. Yeah. And Ari's, Ari Aster is very much like um, Jordan Peele. It's pretty much like the trailer could be somebody pressing the button on a microwave and then it just say a film by Ari Aster, D- Disappointment Boulevard, and I'd watch the fucking movie open the day. I don't even need the trailer. Just tell me when it's coming out. Ari Aster has a new movie coming out. Sure. I'll, what day? I'll be there. Yeah. Like, yep. and same thing with Jordan Peele. He's another one. Like, if, if they announced today that Jordan Peele has a movie coming out Friday that he didn't tell anyone about, then that's all it says. It just says, and when you go to the movies, it just says Jordan Peele movie. And you find out the title when you like get there. Like, yeah, I'm in. Like, whatever. We'll figure it out yeah. when we get there. Yeah. No. And I feel like that's one thing with uh, those two people, like those two guys' films, is that when anybody, uh, like, I feel like, at this point in their career, I feel like the production company's got to know that those guys have their audience, no matter what, that's going to come out for them. Kind of like those bands that are like niche, like Modest Mouse or Dave Matthews. It's like, yeah. no matter what they shit out on an album, they're going to have people come out for them, like because yeah. of their fans that like just ride for them. So, but no, that's uh, which that's one thing is I'm 
feel that's one reason I'm not like too worried about the cuts with Ari Aster too, is I feel like with him going through a 24, which I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he's, this one's going through a 24 too. I remember thinking the Northman was for the longest time and then it ended up being um, focus or whatever, but uh, which didn't seem like they fucked with it too much, but still, but uh, uh, so pretty much uh, as long as this one's still a 24, I feel like the cuts might not be like a demanded thing, more like a him doing it himself thing. So hopefully that's the case. And, you know, um, it's definitely stuff that he sees can be cut, not just somebody telling him like, hey, this has to be cut. So which yeah. makes it a little bit better, you know, of cuts. So, well, and I, I think also, too, like touching on like the fact that he does have such an audience just built in that are fans of his work. I think that that's like a, a bit of it, too, is like they know that they're going to sell a copy of the theatrical version to me and then they're going to sell the director's cut to me and they're going to sell the deluxe version to me so it's like you know they're going to sell four copies or whatever to like every one of his fucking fans you know i just i mean like like i said i saw the theatrical version of midsummer three times in the theater i saw the director's cut twice then i turned around and bought versions of both like you just made a fucking fortune off me you know, and I think they're going to get that with, with a lot of his fans, and they know that. So then they're going to tell you that, that, oh, yeah, this we cut 35, 40, 60 minutes, whatever, and then all three of us are like, well, what the fuck? We're just already drooling for it. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think it's strategic. I, I don't think it's, like, something that was forced. I think that they're they're smart enough to know, like, from every angle that this is a smart decision. No, definitely. I was gonna say we gotta stop saying the word cut before Travis stabs somebody. Motherfucker's got a knife and seen. <laughs> I know, man. It's just it's like my my, my just... fidget spinner is this like sharp ass fucking knife. No, it was just funny because uh, well, we were saying cut like a lot, and you also had a knife in your hand. <laughs> well, and it's funny because this I got this actually. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it because you know John's on here. I got this knife for free because of Philadelphia, because uh, it's some roofing company that was just going to put these in like their surplus stores. And you could just any order, you just got a free knife. And uh, that, that rolled out week one and motherfuckers in Philadelphia were stabbing people with these knives. So they pulled them. And uh, my dad ended up with like a crate of these fucking knives. (laughs) So I got a free knife. So like the, the, the world isn't ready for Philadelphia. Also, no. it's got a warning on it, like warning: you can get stabbed with these. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> that's fucking wild. But uh, now that's pretty much all my headlines. I know you said uh, Ren before we started recording, or you might have even mentioned after we started recording. Yeah. Uh, you said you got a headline that you saw I, this morning. I do. I do. Um, oh, yeah. Apparently, the Fide Alvarez Alien sequel is like a fucking go. Fuck yeah. Um, if you're if you're familiar with that story, so apparently Fide Alvarez years ago pitched an idea to Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott was like, oh, that's cool, but, like, we're not doing anything with that. Um, but, like, I'll let you know in the future. And then apparently Ridley Scott reached out to him sometime in the near, like, you know, past, like, sometime this year and was like, hey, you still want to do that thing? And he was like, absolutely. And as and I was like, someone shared, like, the, the poster of it. And I was like, what? I was like, I heard about this, like, a year and a half ago or two years ago, and it seemed like it just fucking died. It was like an internet rumor, and it died. Yeah, I actually looked it up this morning. They they have casted their female lead, uh, Kaylee Speeney. She was the girl that died in Mare of Easttown. Like she was like the whole purpose of that show, the one that was like found dead in like the first episode. Okay. And apparently, she, apparently she's also going to be playing Priscilla in Sofia Coppola's Elvis and Me, 
So like they got a they got a name, and apparently it is a sequel to the Alien like the Alien story. It's not a it's not related to like Covenant or Prometheus. It's a it takes place after Alien Three or yeah. Alien. Yeah. Or some point after the first two aliens. I don't know if it's gonna like bypass three or four or anything like that, but it's a sequel to the alien series. So it's okay. like a brand new, even further in the future alien thing that Fide Alvarez has apparently got the helms to, and Ridley Scott is going to be be producing it. So it looks like that that's you know fast moving to being a thing that we're gonna actually get to see. That's cool. Now I know we're supposed to get a series too from somebody else. I think the series is gonna follow the Prometheus shit. Well, this follows, like you said, Fede Alvarez yeah. wants to do, because I saw something about this the other day on Facebook, and um, I'm with you. Like, I saw it at first, and I was like, wait, is this real? Same thing. It was like a mock poster that somebody just made, and it said Fede Alvarez uh, is doing an alien film, and then, well, of course, it said it more professional than I'm saying it, but it said, yeah. like, Fede Alvarez is doing an alien film, and then so-and-so is doing an alien series for Hulu, and um, which has been, like, a thing for a while as well, but uh, I never heard about the Fede Alvarez thing, so I didn't think to look up like look into it i was just like oh that might be like a rumored thing or whatever so uh but that's fucking awesome to hear that it's real because you know like we all know fed i mean of course texas chainsaw was a little bit different but that was a produced thing so hopefully this will be more like the evil dead that we got from him so yeah yeah i want to see him do like i mean i liked um don't breathe i thought that was like all right yeah um, yeah but you couldn't root for anyone because everyone was a piece of shit in that movie yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, first the, you're like fuck out those kids and you're like I, fuck that old man <laughs> i know it's me being me most likely but i fucking hate the evil dead remake because i and it's probably because i love the original so much that i'm like already it had a mountain to climb against it but i think like there's a lot of good things he did in that film so i want to see him if he gets like a, a title that he can run with that it's not a remake it's a fucking it's its own new thing and he can run with it i think he can do something i think he can do some cool stuff he seems yeah. to really love horror he loves practical effects so like we'll get some cool like we'll probably get like an actual person in a fucking alien costume as opposed to cgi aliens yeah. so like all that all that'll be cool because i'd rather see that because i feel like the first two like alien and alien aliens even alien resurrection they were like or not alien resurrection just alien three they were it was a person in a fucking costume yeah there was a few cgi like shit when there's like too many aliens on screen you can't have like 30 people running around in costumes but like i i feel like the way that they move the way that they force the actors to move like was more unsettling than having a cg version of them yeah it's like the zombies thing like when the slow zombies are so much more creepy than fast zombies of course they're effective yeah, and, like when you think about the scare, it's scary, but then they become like a war movie, like an action movie, because then these people yeah. have machine guns and they're just mowing down these fast zombies yeah. to where, like, like you said, in the alien movie, like they're trapped in a small space. And yeah, this alien's not the fastest thing on fucking planet Earth, but it's big. And like once it gets you, you're fucking done and it can get you from yeah. like this far away because it's got this long ass tail, like acid spit and fucking like all the yeah. shit. So. No, I'm with you. That's uh, I agree 100. That's one thing that's not mentioned enough. I feel like when people talk about the franchise is how when CGI came into play, the aliens lost a little bit of their scariness because they became like yeah. these big hulking aliens that could not big hulking because like they still kept them like slimmed down and shit. You know, like um they still kept their design pretty similar, but they just became faster and way more like uh able to just get around and stuff. So yeah. like they're, they're even the way they killed people became like so much quicker. So like even if it was a gory cool kill, it was done so quick. It wasn't like. Oh, that was painful. It was more like, oh, they're dead. Like, yeah. So. 
There's like, so there's so much to do with the Alien series. Like even in like Prometheus and Covenant, like really Scott put all this like weird fucking like Easter egg shit in the background that like I've wa- I've like watched breakdowns on YouTube. They're like, if you look here, there's this, and if you look here, there's that. And, like we never really yeah. got like like where the fuck are the engineer like like I want to see the engineers planet. Like there's so yeah. much shit they could do like yeah. a Star Wars galaxy just on the fucking xenomorph and like the the engineers and all that shit. So like. I want to see like I'm, I'm. They can make a million alien movies and alien prequels and alien fucking offshoots and all that stuff because there's so much of that world that has been like hinted at and like little fucking things in the background or like paintings on walls and shit like that. You're like, what is that? Like, someone explained that to me. Like, what? Why the fuck is that there? Like, why did they feel the need like the cut the set designers to like put that thing back there? that like looks like this one thing like there's like all this weird shit like specifically in prometheus apparently prometheus is just like loaded with like background stuff that like people have broken down and i'm like what why like why is it like why even take the effort to put that in there and then never give me the explanation for it and like so if all that shit exists for a reason i want to see the re i want to see it like give it to me so like i'm uh i'm all for them just continuously making alien stuff so oh yeah let Ridley Scott continue on with his Prometheus series and offshoot with that. And, you know, maybe we'll get the engineer planet through that. But like, I, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see what Fede Alvarez does with it. I hope it just expands the lore even more. Hell yeah. Any more comments on this before we jump into the reviews part of the show? No. Hell yeah. So, uh, like I said, uh, I'll let you start, Travis, uh, just because, like I said, that's all that you post quite a bit that you've seen, not quite a bit that you've seen, but just definitely more than I have. I don't know uh, how your watching has been lately, Ren, but um, the good thing is, is our next episode will be the top 10 episode of the year. So whatever I haven't been able to see, I'm definitely going to catch up on before, you know, that episode. But uh, pretty much we're just going to go through and just, you know, s- go ahead and just say, like, uh, you know, the title and talk about it. Just we'll just stay spoiler free this episode, just because I'm sure a lot of us haven't seen a lot of the same stuff. And because uh, that way we can get quicker into creep show. But uh, of course, Ren, you know, if he mentions something that you've seen, feel free to shout out and be like, you know, I enjoyed it as well or whatever. So gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll just stick to the highlights. I watched Smile. I thought it was oh, yeah. good. I don't think it's great. I mean, we talked about it a little bit before we got on the call, but yeah, I mean, it was cool. It didn't disappoint me, but it also didn't excite me. I feel like it's really derivative of some other films. And uh, I mean, you know, three three out of, out of five, I'll give it. Saw the film Blood Relatives, which I think just hit Shudder. And uh, I liked it. I kind of lost interest about halfway through it. Like I, it's kind of hokey and intentionally. So like, I feel like it's supposed to be like really kind of stiff and kind of like uh, campy, but it just, it it hits a stride. And about halfway through it, I was just like, well, okay. I mean, this is fine, but like, I don't love this at all. Uh, And then we did watch the Wednesday series and I finished the uh, cabinet of curiosities series which that i think was the best thing i've watched you know leading into this month i know it was like it's the tail end of last month but then we watched wednesday wednesday's good it's definitely better than the monsters i think uh the the casting is better you know you don't have sherry moon zombie fucking ruining everything and not being able to like maintain a fucking character i thought it was really good it definitely feels like it's going to be similar to sabrina in that the first season will hold my interest. Uh, the way it ends, I feel like there's a, another season coming right down the pike. 
Yeah. And uh, I will probably lose interest in the second season. Uh, Jenna Ortega is great in it. I think she does a really good job. Uh, it's pretty predictable. I, I mean, second episode, I, I called it, and Laura was like, there's no way. And then it was, and she was just like, well, you called it episode two. But, I mean, my biggest gripe with that is Tim Burton. All of the things I don't like about her are things that Tim Burton does in fucking everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big Tim Burton fan. I get a lot of heat for that. I don't care. Uh, he can take his weird trees and shove it up his ass. Uh, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are like the, the big ones I think that I've watched. Um, a lot of rewatches dug into like, you know, the puppet master series and shit again. Okay. And, uh, cause Laura had never seen any of those and, uh, she didn't like them, but, uh, I, there's like a new one and, uh, a, f- a friend of mine is in the new one with his wife and oh, yeah. he was talking about it on his podcast and Laura was like, I've never seen those. So we went back and watched it and uh, it's, she hated it. I mean, I still have a fondness for puppet master too. Uh, I, th- I thought it was, I saw it as a kid. I just yeah. really enjoy it. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of it. Kind of all I've, I've gotten into, you know, Oh, yeah. Now, out of all the things you mentioned, one thing I've seen is episode one of Cabinet of Curiosities, and I really enjoyed it, but it was just one of those that there's so much shit to watch. It's just hard to, like, lock in what you want to watch the next night. And the good thing about those, though, yep. is that you don't, they're like, they're solo movies. They just only run about, like, an hour, hour, ten minutes or whatever. So, yeah, uh, I could definitely watch them later, and it's not like I'm, like, missing out on the story or whatever, but uh, that first one was really fucking good. I can't remember who directed that one. I think it was the other guy named Gil- uh, Guillermo. Uh, whatever Gilmore or whatever <laughs> but his other guy with the same first name as Gilmore del Toro but his last name was different I didn't recognize him or anything but uh that was the first time I realized that they're all based on short stories by Guillermo del Toro so that was pretty cool to see but yeah. um I'm excited to check out the one by Jennifer Kent you know who did Babadook and of course Panos Cosmatos which that's what I forgot he's doing a new movie that was some news that we should have talked about but I can't remember details about it or else I would but Panos Cosmatos has got a new movie coming out next year yes so that's something to look forward to for sure. He announced some cast, but I think that was about all that was announced. So look out for yeah. that if you want the news on that. Just Google it. Yeah. But uh, so, Randall, how about you? What did you watch? Uh, a lot of the same stuff, like because we I watched like 38 films in October. Like, so yeah. I was like I was catching I was catching up mostly on shows. Um, I did watch the monsters. Um, I won't give that movie much more conversation than we've already talked about it, but it's it's uh, that or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is easily the worst movie I saw this year. Um, And that is, that is Rob Zombie's number one worst movie, like with a bullet. Um, It is terrible. It was so bad that I went back and watched 31, which was my previous, like that's his worst film. And the monsters, obviously they're two different types of films, but the monsters makes 31 look like a fucking masterpiece. Like, <laughs> like I was, I got more enjoyment out of watching 31, the, which is, this is only the second time I've ever watched it. I yeah. got way more enjoyment out of watching 31 because the monsters was so bad. Which like, I will say that I had the same reaction to 31. I hated it. The first time I saw it, mostly because the ending isn't an ending at all. Like there's like, it just, Oh, credits. And you're like, what the yeah. fuck? Uh, so, but I will say that I became the same way. Like once I accepted that it's like a, got a shitty ending and like none of the characters are cool. Like I don't like any of the characters. Uh, it does become like more of a fun watch just to watch like the crazy kills and like the insane characters that are created throughout the kill. Like, but I could see going right after the monsters, it definitely would be amplified yeah. even more, but yeah. 
So yeah, so I caught up on other shows. I watched I watched Cabin of Curiosities. I actually have one left. I have to finish. I have one more left. Oh. Um, but I love it because it's very like Alfred Hitchcock presents. And that yeah. was my fucking shit when I was a kid. I used to like watch that. That was like what I watched to go to sleep to. I used to watch Alfred Hitchcock presents or like the Twilight Zone. They were like yep. my like shows to watch like as I was going to bed. So like I'm and Hitchcock's like my favorite director of all time. So like Dama del Toro doing this, like he's not actually directing it. Neither Hitchcock didn't pre- direct all those Alfred Hitchcock presents um shows. I'm like way into this because now I got like a new version of it with like and you know. Guillermo's a, a bigger guy, so it's just like re- everything just reminded me of Hitchcock, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome." But it's like, it's like if Hitchcock did H.P. Lovecraft. So I'm yeah. like, wait, I'm yeah. like, wait. But I, I really, I, I hope, I hope there's like two. I hope there's an, at least another season of it because I think it's awesome, and it gives these like there's some like fucking solid directors and solid like actors yeah. and shit that are involved in it. Like, yeah, I would love to see them continue with it, and I think if you know it has to have been doing well like it's usually it right after it came out it was like the number one show on netflix for like a minute so like it has to have done well i also watched all of the Dahmer series which yeah. i knew about the, i knew Dahmer's story but like watching it play out like they fucking like i i have like mixed feelings on the idea of even like doing these shows because like i don't want to give these fucking like psychopaths like any more fucking publicity than they even though like they're all dead like and yeah. they just signed, they just said that they're doing another one. Like it's going to be like a there's like monsters like the name of the series now. And like there's going yeah. to be there's going to be another one next year. I don't know who they're doing, but like that was really fucking done really well. And like I, I felt like uneasy the whole time, like watching it. And like Evan Peters, like like it's scary how good he was as yeah. as. Dahmer. And I've seen interviews with Dahmer because like I'm fascinated by serial killers in the sense of like how does someone get that crazy? Like how do they, what makes them tick? And I've seen the interviews with Damara. So I've seen, and Evan Peters must've watched those interviews like religiously because he was Jeffrey Dahmer, like in that show. And it was, yeah, I don't like, I like, I I liked it because it was fucking really, really good. But like, I'm also like, ugh, Dahmer was like, oh fuck. He was an actual monster. Like that dude was like a real life monster. So I, yeah. So I watched that. And then I just started Wednesday. I have my predictions on it. I'm also like just done the second episode. I'm like halfway through the third episode. So I think yeah. I know what it's like. Um, but I don't have any problem. It blows the monsters like out of the water. Like it's, out way, of the water. It, it's way better than the monsters. Um, it's definitely not made for like our age group. It's definitely made for it's like like Sabrina. It's probably made for kids that are like 18. Like yeah. even yeah. younger. I mean, they keep it pretty PG-13. Like some of the gores there, but like. The only cursing so far is thing giving someone the finger. So like, yeah. but like Jenner take is really good. I'm not, I wasn't mad at the casting of Louis Guzman as Gomez, but I'm not sold on him yet. Like now that I'm like watching it, like I think Catherine Zeta Jones is fine as Morticia. The Lurk, the guy who plays Lurch looks like Lurch. So, I mean, it's like, I mean, he just grunts so many, you don't really get much out of him yet. Um, okay. But, it, but I think it looks awesome. I have I don't, hate tim burton like travis does i think he's i think he's very hit or miss some of his like his movies that are good are really good and his movies that are bad are really bad that's my yeah. like i don't think he, i don't think he really has any in between shit so so far i really like this because he hasn't really burdened it up too much at least as of three episodes i mean he totally yeah. fucking bomb it out in the in the end but um no i like it i like it. I, I i recommend it it's an easy watch hour episodes or, or they're not even an hour they're like 45 minutes or something like that yeah. you can just blow through it but yeah, that's all I've really been watching. 
this just shows. Fuck yeah. yeah. All I've watched is I watched Terrifier 2, which I didn't get to mention last time. And I know, Ren, you're kind of skeptical on this one, but I really think you should watch it, man. It's it's really fucking good. I, it's, it takes pretty much everything that was decent. So my whole opinion on the first Terrifier is once I watched it, I was like, that had some cool shit, but nothing about me wanted to watch it again because it was mean. There, the story wasn't really like intriguing, nothing like that. It just had some really cool, like practical effects kills, and that was about it. This one pretty much took everything that I did enjoy about the first one and put it into a good movie with a good story, a good cast that can actually act. And um, even though it's got a long runtime, but it doesn't feel like it really. There's like one big scene that I feel like could be taken out. There's a playhouse scene. Um, like I feel like they kind of just lost that entire scene. But other than that, I, I don't know. I really high recommend this one. And Screenbox has actually got like a really good deal. You can get like six months for 15 bucks. Which is what I did. So yeah, but, it's it's got to come to me. I'm not fucking searching it out. <laughs> no, I got you. I, I just all I'm saying is once you finally, see, you might. I mean, because of I'm like probably, in January, I'm gonna be like, hey, it came on Shutter. I finally saw it. Like <laughs> I'm, not was, I'm not downloading another app. I'm not paying for it. It's got to come to me at this point. Yeah. No, they got some other good shit up there. There's some other uh, stuff that I've been. Uh, one thing I started watching, but I fell asleep was the. Uh, um, Pennywise, the story of it, which is a documentary about the it miniseries, and that was pretty good. I, f- I need to finish it, but it was pretty much talking about how the original guy that was writing it had to bail out for something, and um, it had, and then talked about how like Tommy Lee Wallace had to like quick write like the movie pretty much before filming, like right before filming it. So it kind of explains why there's a lot of like scenes of them just talking about like shit instead of showing it because like what's budget and like it pretty much explains like the flaws of the movie, which kind of is a like a something nice to see, you know what I mean. So um, it was really that's really interesting. I watched that documentary. Like I said, I still need to finish it, but I watched most of it. Uh, and then I did watch the whole documentary of Fulci for fake because that dropped on Shutter. It's also on Screenbox as well. But that that's super good. That's pretty much about a I don't know if this, it's true, but the filmmaker is taking it on as if he's got to play Fulci in an upcoming film about his life. So he's interviewing people like about his uh, life and stuff like that. And I didn't realize how much like Lucio Fulci had like been through. Like he's gone through some pretty fucked up tragedies in his life and stuff like not like uh stuff being done to him but just stuff that's happened to him that was just very sad and stuff so highly recommend that one if you haven't and uh they talk talk with his daughter a lot that's like pretty touching too so uh i recommend that if you're any sort of fan of fulci and then only other things i've been watching is i watched the boulet brothers dragula which has been coming out on shutter which is a, a horror-based drag show uh competition which if you guys have not checked the show out i highly fucking recommend it they make them do like fucked up challenges to start the show. And then they this this season is called uh, Dragula Titans. So they're bringing back a bunch of like drag queen, like drag queens from like uh, past seasons that they've done. And they pretty much make them do something fucked up at the beginning of the show. And then they have to do like a horror based like drag show. And uh, like there's been like this past episode was zombie prom. So they had to create like a like a, a regular look of somebody going to prom and then turn that look into a, like a zombie look. And like some of the shit these people like this girl, like uh, one of them made like a prosthetic like teeth for her vagina and shit, like to make it look like, you know, like her body. Was yeah, like, they do like wild ass shit. So um, and then like some of the stuff they have to do is uh, one of the first one. It's just the first one that pops in my head because it was so funny. But one of like the challenges they had to do was keep eating like really spicy shit, like as it gradually got worse. And at the at the end, because they like like the last two people wouldn't tap out. They made them sit there and run the gauntlet back. So they took everything that they ran through, like all the different things, like all the they, they had to do 10 different plates. And then when they got to the end, they had two people still left. So they made them eat everything that was on those 10 plates again on one plate. And these people are sitting there like puking and throwing up, like <laughs> not running. It's fucking it's vicious. But 
uh it's very fun and like it's just fun to watch their drama and shit too like they fight with each other and stuff so i recommend that and then i watched unhuman which i don't really recommend it wasn't bad but it wasn't really good this is a blumhouse film um the only reason i really watched it is because it's the same director that did the collector in the collection um he did something else that was pretty good too i can't remember what but he pretty much it's pretty much about these kids that go on a field trip on a bus and then the bus breaks down and uh, uh gets into an accident and then like zombies kind of start showing up but it's like they're not really zombies there's kind of like a twist to the movie that happens halfway through and kind of just shits on the whole movie so i don't know it's not good it's very blumhousey trying to be artsy but it doesn't work it's also them trying to be like artsy while also keeping their blumhouse that stick of like badass like 18 year olds and shit so it just um yeah. i don't know it doesn't really work for me the only uh even recognizable actor in the whole movie is that kid from halloween 2018 that is like following allison home and like gets hung up on the fence and shit the like nerdy oh, kid man. i can't remember his name but uh the friend of the like boyfriend or whatever but so it's uh yeah it's very forgettable i don't necessarily recommend it but it is like uh streaming on amazon prime so if you're looking for something quick to watch it's not horrible but just not gonna be anywhere on my like honorable mentions or top 10 or anything like that so but that's pretty much it for me. I've definitely got some shit that I need to watch. Like uh, with our top 10 list coming up, I want to watch Don't Worry Darling. I want to watch Smile, Bones and All. You know, sh that's shit I got to get to the no. theater for. But uh, the menu, I've heard good things. So hopefully see that today. Fuck yeah. Let me know how you yeah. uh, what you think about that, because I've heard nothing but good things. So some yeah. somebody even yeah. posted that it was like way different than they thought it was going to be, which was pretty cool to hear. So, you know, because it does look like it could go a predictable way, but. So I might even try to squeeze in some that I don't think I'll like just to, you know, see if they surprise me for the top 10 episode. But luckily, we got another month before we record that. So, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything uh, you guys thought about that you want to mention before we jump into talking about Creep Show? No, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Hell yeah. So pretty much the month of November saw the 40th anniversary of the iconic Creep Show from George A. Romero and Stephen King, which I mean, that duo alone right there. It's like, why didn't we get way more of it? But uh, anyways, so. Just if you guys want to, you know, tell me what your thoughts were on, you know, Creepshow, you know, uh, if you have any relationship to, to it growing up and, you know, just like what you think about it in general. And since last time we did Halloween 3, I let Ren go first. I'll let you go first this time, Travis. When I first found this movie, I, I got Creepshow 2 first. Uh, I think it was on like, you know, TNT or one of those like, you know, just movie channels growing up as a kid. And uh, my brother and I watched Creepshow 2, and it scared the pants off us. And so then I tracked it back. I was like, well, there's two, so there's got to be another one. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, it's George Romero. Uh, at the time, I was not, you know, all I think all I knew about Stephen King was it. And uh, so, you know, you watch the first Creepshow, and it's it's awesome. It didn't terrify me the way that creep show two did specifically like the scene on the lake with the the tar blob that's just like eating people yeah <laughs> dude that's that's like yeah. the the best one and uh but i remember i just really enjoyed it you know and it the cast is awesome so that was like a thing because i was like familiar with naked gun and you got leslie nielsen you got ted danson uh what adrian uh barbeau who escaped from New York and uh, which like as a kid, I was like in love with her uh, testicles, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause she was, she was a babe. So it's like, you're looking at this cast and it's like really good. Um, and like the writing's very, feels very Stephen King, you know, like as I grew up 
and had more of an appreciation for his work. It, it, it's his work, you know, it's crazy that he didn't act in more stuff, you know, like, cause he's like the plant man and uh, he absolutely fucking kills that role. Uh, Oh, Jordy Verrill. (laughs) Yeah. Jordy Verrill, you know, but I, I love it, you know, and I gave it a rewatch recently just to kind of freshen up for this and because of the anniversary and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's actually like really, really good. I think it's like really well done. It's cohesive. Uh, I mean, hashtag Tom Atkins fucks yeah. uh, when he like when he like bitch slaps his fucking kid and, oh, and they have like the handprint on the kid's face, you know, like that's pretty wild. And then he pours himself a high life and he's like, you know, that's why they created fathers, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's fucking. And then like the first couple segments, they really tie in like the the Father's Day thing, you know, like uh like right out of the gate, the guy like trying to get this fucking cake. I uh, I laughed because I said to Laura, like, I love cake. And we went to the store recently for this very specific piece of cake. And uh, they didn't have it. And I kind of turned into that, that character, you know? <laughs> like, I was just like, I'm going to kill somebody if I don't get this fucking cake. Uh, I don't want so my cake. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, you know, he fucking kills Ed Harris with the tombstone just because he, like, wants cake. But it's really good. It's campy. I, I think it's a movie that everybody should see. Yeah, man. It's. I'm trying to think. Like, I think that the one with uh, uh, Hal Holbrook and Adrian Bardot, Barbeau, uh, I think that's, like, the weakest one the in crate. all of them. And, yeah, The Crate. It's good. It's scary. But it's just, like, I don't know. It's the one that I'm, like least intrigued by yeah i mean it's def- it's scarier than like the the stephen king segment but the stephen king segment is so entertaining for like a lot of other reasons that it's just like uh you know i don't know but yeah and like the ending with tom adkins just like oh man my neck hurts i don't know why and the garbage man like tom savini is like oh somebody got the voodoo doll already and I'm like okay <laughs> well tom savini He's in Old one Tom and two. Savini. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Which but, I still uh, don't get that. They dubbed him in the second one instead of just letting him use his voice. And I'm like, he has a pretty good, fo- like, he has a creepy voice. Like, or like he yeah. could be creepy, you know? Yeah, so it's it's great. It's it's a good movie. It's classic. I, I think everybody should watch it. So. Okay. What about you, Ren? A lot of the same feelings that Travis has. When I saw, I saw Creepshow 1 first, um, but I probably like Creepshow 2 more. But I okay. um, definitely do. But the, the, I'm like, I've been a card carrying member of the church of Stephen King since I was like 10 years old. Uh, yeah. My uncle, I, I was lucky to have an uncle that was like way into him. So when I heard that he was like in a movie, this was like my first like notable, like, oh, he's in this movie. I was like, well, I have to watch it. I didn't know, like I knew who George Romero was, like Night of the Living Dead was like one of my favorite movies, but like I wasn't obsessed with the Dead trilogy yet when I first saw this. So I just really wanted to see it because Stephen King was in it. I didn't know anything about it. And um, I love anthology stuff. Like I love like films like this. Like as Travis said, it's like, you know, the Jordy Varel, the whatever, I forget what that segment's called. But like, I think that was supposed to be hokey. I was like in the middle. I think it was the one that was supposed to break up like the the scariness. Um, I love the, where's my cake? Like, I love that segment. Like, I think that's <laughs> oh, yeah. great. I thought because of the naked gun, because I was aware of that already 
and the yeah. and Leslie Nielsen being funny, I was generally creeped out by him playing like a straight laced like bad guy. Yeah, like yeah. in that in, in the was it the something to tide you over? I think that's the name of the yeah. uh, the yeah. segment. So and seeing like Ted Danson, who like I fucking knew on Cheers, like die yep. in a movie, like all that like weirded me out as a kid because like I knew these characters or these actors as something completely not what they were in that film, and so it hit like it hit differently like than now. Now now I'm like Ted Danson's been like a million things. I've seen Leslie Nielsen play like all their straight laced characters, like so. But yeah, Creepshow. Creepshow and Creepshow 2, like, you have to put them, like, together sometimes, is, like, they're, like, the perfect anthology movies, in my opinion. Like, I think everything, yeah. I think every other movie that comes out that tries to do, like, the, like, even Trick or Treat, like, I feel like they want, those people watched Creepshow and were, like, how do we do this? Like, let, let's, let's like, watch this for, like, the manual on how to do, like, an anthology with, like, even record with, like, all the, rap, like, or not record, um VHS with, like, all the wraparound stuff. Like, yeah. I think that all, that all came from Creepshow. And uh, so I think it's like influence has gone like far past like whatever it, it expected to. And yeah, like the yeah. idea of like Stephen King wrote it and Romero directed it like, you know, what fucking better duo do you get, especially at that time frame? So, yeah, Creepshow is uh, it's a classic. We, I watch it all the time. I I like the uh, I like that the new show like follows yeah. more yeah. What, what those guys were doing than whatever yeah. that fucking bullshit Creepshow 3 was um because that movie is terrible and we shouldn't we're not i'm not gonna talk about it so nope. but um but creep show yeah creep shows it, it's like the anthology movie like it's the one that you know in my opinion like really kicked it all off yeah um i think they perfected it a little bit better in creep show two but without creep show one there is no creep show two so you know i think it's one of the i think it's a must see for like any horror fan and and it's not grotesque enough that i think you can introduce it to like a younger audience too like you don't yeah. have to wait till you're like an adult to watch it no hell yeah no, that's exactly uh one of the reasons that it works so well for me so this creep show has like a really special place in my heart because it's like a lot of firsts for me like as far as like just watching movies in general go like uh so when i grew up uh, my mom was a huge stephen king fan so like every year for whatever like so her, she had, she's very uh, weird collection because she used to collect uh, ceramic uh, clowns. So we used to have clowns all over the house and shit. And so sure, pretty man. much for, yeah, like I'll have to send you guys some pictures <laughs> of them. She still has a few of them and it sucks because she like lets my kid play with them and he like calls them his like babies and shit. And I'm like, uh -huh. I'm like, I'm gonna smash them one day, but either way. So, but uh, uh, so pretty much like for every gift giving holiday, I would either get her a Stephen King book or one of those fucking weird ass clowns. So uh um, she was like real huge in Stephen King, but she hated horror movies. So she, but she would watch Stephen King's movies, you know, just because she wanted to see him, ad uh, you know, adapted and stuff. And um, she didn't hate him to the point where she wouldn't watch him. She just wants to watch one that's like a good story, not just scary for scary sake. You know, not like a movie like Host, yeah. where it's like you're just watching an hour of jump scares or like scary shit, pretty much. But um, so uh, I only bring that up because I made her watch that one time, and she was like, "Why did we watch that? It was just scary. There was no story." <laughs> She's like, "But uh." Anyways, so pretty much, um, so she would show me a lot of Stephen King shit and Creep Show she had on DVD, and I remember seeing that front cover for so long of you know the box office with the skeleton and shit, and just being like so scared of it. And then finally one day she's like, "It's not that scary. Like you should you should just watch it." And um, I remember uh, watching it and just falling in love with it immediately because it was one of the like it was the first time I saw anything with those like anything weird like colors, you know, like uh all the weird colors they use and like uh you know when they show like the 
Um, like for instance, in the crate, when it shows uh, the monster breaking out and it shows like them get scared, like their scared face, it like, you know, be bright blue behind them. And so like, yeah. or like super green and uh, all these very comic booky things. And it's like, so that was the first time I saw something kind of different like that. Then it was the first time I saw uh, anthology period. You know what I mean? Like um, they had made them before, you know, like the house that drip blood back in the day with like Peter Cushion and uh, shit yeah. like that. And, um, you know, th there's other ones, of course, uh, cat's eye. I'd already, I, well, I don't know. Cat's eye might've been after creep show, but either way, there was other ones. And, um, but I just never seen them before. Was, either way, even if it was after, after creep show, I wasn't born until 92. So they were all out. So creep show was the first anthology I got to see. So it was like getting to see the, the best one first type thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, yep. So, you know, I had that connection. Then it was the first time I saw a monster in a movie. It was the first, you know, with the crate. It was the first time I saw something that was a creature in a film outside of Freddy Krueger, you know, with the dad and Father's Day. So it was just so much shit. First time I got to see Ed Harris dance, you know, I didn't didn't expect <laughs> to see that. But now it was just so much shit in the movie that uh, just fucking rolled. And, it, um, you know, so I just fell in love with it and immediately became something I watched a lot because, it, like you said, it's not so scary. Or it's not even that it's not even scary. And it's, you know, those moments are creepy, but um it's not really scary and it's not grotesque to the point where it's like your parents wouldn't want anybody watching it so it became like a real go-to watch for me as somebody that was still scared of new horror movies like i was a big re-watcher of horror as a kid because like if i knew where the scares were it's easy to not be scared but i was always scared to watch something new so like that became one that i was like oh my mom's not home i can watch creep show you know i'm not gonna watch yep. something new with nobody else home so uh, so it just became something like that for me. And um, I didn't even watch Creepshow 2 until much later when I was older, just because I didn't even I didn't really even know about the sequels. And then once I found out about them, I was just like, oh, they will. They're probably not. You know, I had that opinion of like, uh, they're probably not good. But I think I just heard somebody talking shit on Creepshow 3. So I just assumed that all the sequels were bad. But once I finally watched Creepshow 2, I was super stoked on it. And I do love it. And um, I think I revisit it more recently than one. But just because of how much I watched one growing up uh creep show 2 still being fresh i like you know want to watch that a little bit more recently just because of the fact that it's like something new to, like still newer um but it's been like five or six years since i watched it for the first time but so now i just uh that's why creep show's got a special place you know to me and i'm with you guys like i love the campiness of uh the performance from stephen king and the uh lonesome death of jordy Verrill. i think is the like full title of that one or whatever but yep. um then uh, like i hate to say it but like the one that gets me the most is uh they're creeping up on you where the, oh, the cockroaches yeah <laughs> that shit is yeah. so fucking and then like to hear how they did some of that shit like those were real cockroaches and shit so it's just um it's just wild and then like some of the practical effects like there is that one scene i forget about when the cockroaches like bust out of him that's yeah. pretty that's pretty uh gory but like like you said they don't like um it's still not grotesque though because it's not like blood everywhere it's just his body busting open and it's just like an empty cavity full of cockroaches they're not like having the cockroaches come out of actual intestines and blood and guts and shit, you know? So uh, they still, it, it's like, they did very good, a uh, very good job of keeping it comic booky. And definitely um, I feel like anybody that went into the, to that being a fan of like uh EC comics definitely had to come out pleased with the product. You know what I mean? Cause it's so fucking yeah. comic booky and just yeah. right on the nose. So, but um, yeah, like you said, with like the coloration, it really did give that like comic book feel to some of the scenes. Like, when Ted Danson goes like full Super Saiyan in the water and they light up behind him red, yeah. he's got the hair going. Then he yeah. comes out as like as Kelp Man, you know, yeah. like he's just like the the Kelp Zombie. Yeah, and it's like it's fuck it's awesome. And it it you know I loved horror comics as a kid, and that was what that shit was like. So it was like it was awesome. 
No, Leslie Nielsen's la like maniacal laugh when he's like, I can hold my breath for a really long time. And he's yeah. like laughing. And then I love how I thought that cut was perfect. Like as soon as the water like hits him and he's like, Wah! and like, and then they cut. I'm like, that was, yeah. they like, yeah, th that movie's, I got, I'm going to rewatch it. I haven't, I like didn't watch it for this episode because I watched it so many times that I like yeah. know everything. I should rewatch it again. I think that they cut that though, because I, Leslie Nielsen never gets his hair wet. Like there's like the scene that he's in the shower and it's just shooting him directly in the face, but his hair isn't wet at all. And I, I yeah, he probably has like a fucking hair piece or something. So I right. think that they're like, okay, we got one shot of the water coming into here and it won't get your hair wet. And then we're going to cut it. And then that's it. He's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I had the same experience with uh, as you were in the with uh, talking about Leslie Nelson. You know, I'd seen Naked Gun first because my stepdad's like a huge. He was a huge fan of like Leslie Nelson in those films. You know, like Airplane Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, Air, not Airplane Two, but you know what I mean. The movie Airplane yeah. as well. So now uh, it's one of those that I grew up having that same thing. So seeing him, uh, and then it was also my first time seeing just like people I'd seen in other shit in a horror movie like that too. So like you got him in it, which it was weird to see him swapped up into you know that aspect but then it was also weird for me to see tony danza in it because that's or uh yeah because i'd seen um you know cheers growing up and shit like that so it was like uh if i'm not he's in cheers right that's no it's ted danson ted danson tony... that's what i not yeah. But, yeah, not tony yeah. danson. i was like when i said that i was like that didn't sound right i was like i always just think <laughs> of the tony uh danza tap against extravaganza but nah nah uh, but yeah ted danson it was the first time i'd seen him anything outside of like cheers or whatever you know so it was like just recognizable faces and shit like that so yep. uh it was i don't know this movie just really stuck out and then even the score like it doesn't get a lot of nods for the score but just like the music cues and shit like that are just amazing so They're good yeah yeah but no nah, i just uh i love this film it's definitely one that i feel like doesn't uh you hit it on the head i think whoever said it you know i think it was you Ren, but uh this is definitely a good one to introduce like kids to horror or at least like those 11 to 12 year olds you know 10, yeah. 10 to 12 year olds whatever but um and something they can like show people that you know uh if if you show this to your 11 year old and then they took it to their friend and showed it to them and then their mom found out they're not gonna be too pissed off you know it's, it's not like you showed them hostile you know what i mean and they're yeah, like I, I think if creep show came out today as is it'd be a pg-13 movie like, oh, yeah, yeah. No like, and, and be like, and it would be considered like a soft PG 13. Like it, it would, it's obviously can't be a PG movie, but like the shit that they put out today is PG 13. Like some yeah. of like the horror movies that we bitch about when it's not R rated. You're like, eh, what did they cut? What did they really cut that would have made it an R rated movie? So yeah. like, if it came yeah. out today, like it, it would be nothing. It, it, it would be barely a PG 13 movie. So yeah. like, yeah, I think it's a great, I think it's got scary enough. Like I think the, father's day and um the crate and whatnot are scary enough for like to scare a kid like to give them the horror feel but then you have like judy burrell which is like goofy and the guy yeah. just turns into a plant other than when he blows his brains out like but that whole like that's kind of fucked up but like everything leading him up to be and because stephen king plays like this goofball yeah. and like he's just like a, oh no jordy you did it again like you know he's just fucking yeah. weird like okay. scratching himself yeah <laughs> and, like all that stuff like you, you can like that like tones it down for you for like and uh i always forget too that the fucking kid in the wraparound story is joe king it's his fucking it's king's son yeah yeah i always forget i always forget that now tom atkins so i don't know how i fucking forget that because he's fucking <laughs> steven he's steven he's his father's clone like yeah. I'm, I, I love how that dude changed his name for like he's like oh i'm gonna write under joe king 
because or or Joe, Joe Hill, Joe yeah. Hill, because he's like, oh, I don't want to be associated with my father. But then you like look at the guy and you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look exactly <laughs> like your father from like 30 years ago. What yeah, are you doing here. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous how much they look alike. And then not only that, but it's like you were in. You like you know you were in creep show and like you don't look much different than that. Yeah, and he's listening <laughs> and he's built and he's built as Joe King, like yeah. in the, like or or Joey King or some shit like that. But he's like yeah. he's listed as King in the in the credits. Shit, I changed my name just so I didn't have to deal with the Joe King jokes. You know what I mean? Like the fucking... I think that's why he did. That had to be why he did it. Like yeah, yeah. He's like God that, damn that's, it, the, that's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> I got of all the you couldn't Bachman me. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just never been funny if he came out as Joe Bachman and fucking Star Wing books, yeah. but. No, That'd but, be uh, funny if he came out as Joe Bachman. Yeah, uh, I just wish Stephen King did what Garth Brooks did when he did it, and just like took pictures with like hair, different hair on and shit. <laughs> like, yeah, he emoted it. My yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like goth face. He's got eyeliner on and like a lip piercing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so uh, last thing I just you know want to touch on with Creep Show is, do you guys have a favorite segment? You know, just between the uh, we won't count the wraparound, even though you know it's just so short or whatever. It, it also it's fun to watch them get bitch slapped, but. Out of the five uh, main stories, do you guys have a favorite that sticks out? And, you know, why is it your favorite? And you can go first, Ren, since uh, Travis went first with the I think I think of the I, – I feel like the most iconic one for me is Father's Day because I feel like that image of him walking out with, like, the fucking severed head with, like, the candles in it and shit, being like, blow out your candles. Like, I feel like that that's um, – that's the thing that I always like jump to. Like when I, when someone says like creep show, like, Oh, describe like creep show. Like that's the first thing that I like. So to me, like, I think my favorite has to be like father's day. Oh yeah. So and I love that one as well. Just because of, you know, it gives you a reason to call it uh call back to creep show every father's day, you know? Right yeah. Now. yeah. But what about you, Travis? Uh, I think for me, it's, it's something to tide you over. I, you know, I, I just, for whatever reason, it just really stands out to me every time you know yeah. anytime i think about that movie i think about and then it probably goes back to what you guys were saying it's like that was the first time i'm seeing leslie nielsen in like a not comedic role and that was like unsettling to me but it's like the familiarity of the actors you know it's like i knew ted dance i knew leslie nielsen uh but also too it's like it's really there were just like subtle things that like made it really creepy to me you know, like how he like comes into Ted Danson's house and he's inspecting all of his video equipment. And he's like, oh, you need to take better care of your, your equipment. You got loose cables back here. And it's like very like that's what you expect from like Leslie Nielsen is this kind of like silly. Like, why does he give a fuck about the TV? But then he'd say it ties in because it's how he torments Ted Danson in, as he's dying. You yeah. know, it's like you got to watch like your your lover die on, on the same equipment you couldn't take care of. And uh, that stuff was creepy to me. And I liked it. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that it just was the most cohesive without being like overtly like gory or like crazy. You know, like there's there's not it's it's more like uh, suspense horror, I think, because you don't really see like a, a lot of gore. There's not. There's not like the severed head like in Father's Day. Uh, there's not the suicide like in uh, Jordy. There's not like the roaches busting out or like the gore of the crate. So it kind of like it's the I think probably the softest 
out of all of them, but it just I like that like suspenseful, like kind of like Hitchcocky, like you don't have to see the violence to know like that there's shit happening or whatever. So I like that. Fuck yeah. Now, and to mention on that segment real quick, I love the way they're they sound when they come back, like when they're like gargly voices and shit. That's it yeah. sounds it's so perfect for like you know that kind of creature, like a drowned zombie, pretty much. But yeah, they have like water in their lungs still. But now, my favorite would have to go to the lonesome death of Jordy Vero, but late like exactly for that reason, the suicide. It's probably the most lighthearted and funny segment with the darkest ending in the whole thing as well. Like, uh, you know, every other segment sees somebody get their comeuppance in a way, you know, you get the shitty wife in the crate, you get the shitty daughter in the fa- in Father's Day, and then you get, you know, Leslie Nielsen and that one, and then you get the, sh- you know, and um, tied you over, and then and they're creeping up on you, you get the, this dude's just a piece of shit, the whole fucking segment. And um, that's one thing I do like about those two segments that they kind of fit together is Jordy Verrill and the creeping up on you is that they're just two solo people, like they feel like movies... Like somebody could easily recreate that on like a low budget on their own as long, you know, maybe not the cockroaches and like maybe not the actual like, uh, well, I mean, that's the po- that's the good thing about practical effects is you can, you know what I mean? As long as you know what you're doing, like look at Terror Fire, you know, too, that was all done by Damien Leone and stuff like that. So yeah. if you know what you're doing, I mean, you can easily recreate the moss and shit that like happens in Jordy Verrill. So I don't know they're both very simple, but uh and those two are probably like neck and neck for the ones I like the most. I really like all the other ones. Like I really like Father's Day because of, you know, the uh like the whole aspect of like it's goofy, but in a way that's like still like that's probably the scariest one to me is Father's Day. But um just because the the father itself is like actually like creepy as fuck. And then the crate, I feel like the whole time you like hate the wife more than you're scared of the monster type thing. So that yeah. kind of like takes me out of that one. But with and then but I like the one that uh but just a uh, touch back on why Jordy Verrill is my favorite is just that like he's this naive person he's kind of shitty like in a way but like never does anything overtly shitty so it's not like he necessarily deserves a comeuppance you know what I mean um he's just kind of thinking that he's gonna make money off of this meteorite instead it just fucking devours him and is like everything yeah. around him so it just feels very lovecrafty but in such a goofy like parody way but then like that like that ending is like I don't know it's just per- it's it's poetic in a way, but it's just like, I'm one of those people that I find that shit hilarious. Like when he fucking, uh, like after he's just like, you know, the whole time he's just thinking about what he can do, what he can do instead of dealing with the situation. And then next thing you know, it's like, Oh, well, here we go. It's very sad, but it's like, because of the way that it builds up to it, it's not like, it doesn't actually hit you like a sad moment. It hits you like, God damn it. Like all that. I, I just thought, I think it like, it's a bummer. Like Jordy Vrell, like Jordy Vrell is so like, he's just a trashy, like idiot. Yeah. Like, and he's yeah. just like, oh, he, he's like, oh, well, here's my like get out of jail free card because he's like talking about like the $200 like bank loan or whatever, yep. like bank lien that he has like on his place. And he's like, well, if I can sell this meteorite, I can like pay off that thing and then like I can keep my house. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, who the fuck wouldn't think that? Like, I would think that like, oh, like a meteorite lands in my backyard. I'm like, I, I just fucking made it rich because goddamn aliens in my backyard. Like, so like, and he's just so like dumb, like innocently yeah. Yeah. dumb, like He's like, oh, I won't call the doctor because they're going to cut my fingers off and I don't want to lose my fingers. Like, that's why, like, he's just thinking, like, he's an idiot. Like, if I, like, touch something and all of a sudden, like, a fucking plant was growing out of my finger, I'd be like, I got to go to the hospital. Like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Um, <laughs> so, like, I feel, I like, you feel bad for him and he just continuously makes, like, worse decisions, like, getting in the, because he's itching so bad he gets in the bathtub and he just, he knows, like, he, like, he knows, like, I need to stop the itching, but this is going to be bad because I'm a plant like yeah, yeah. Are, like and then obviously he turns into like just becoming like swamp thing essentially and like 
him killing himself, like, I was, like, laughing. You, like, laugh along with that whole, like, oh, he just continues to make dumb fucking mistakes. And then he blows his brains out. And you're like, fuck, man. Like, that sucks. That dude was just a dumb – he was just a dumb-dumb. Like, he was a yeah. – that just, like, hit bad luck. And, uh, like, if he was a piece of shit, like, if everyone – like, he's the only one that doesn't, like, get his comeuppance in, like, any of the fucking films. Yeah. Like, in, Father, in Father's Day, they all suck. Even yeah. the father, yeah. like everyone sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, and then you can even argue that Ted Danson and the girls suck because, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they like? That was an they, affair. Yeah. It was an affair. Yeah, it was an affair. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's one thing. That, like, that's what I'm saying is like that's why I really enjoy this one. And like I said, even though I said like I laugh at the end, it's more like of a way of like, holy shit, like that's how it went. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. in a way of like, like that's what you get, you fucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you laugh at the end of the crate, you're like laughing because it's like, yeah, you fucking deserve that shit. Like instead of. Yeah. uh like with Jordy Vero, it's like you're like, oh fuck, like, like kind of like laughing at a funeral type thing, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. an un- uncomfortable situation. Yeah. But uh yeah. no, it's fucking that's why it's my favorite. That and then of course just Stephen King's performance is probably the def definitely that what elevates it probably over everything else. He's just so fucking funny. He like yeah, uh, you lunkhead and shit like, yeah. like the stuff he says yeah. like perfect him meteor and- shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see uh, a movie with him and the character from Killer Clowns from Outer Space that finds the fucking thing just like hanging out together, walking their dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, hell yeah. But now nah, Creepshow is definitely one that holds up. And uh, I'm glad that the series is something that happened for sure. They definitely um, it feels like an adult Goosebumps in a way. But like, obviously, Goosebumps was, you know, also kind of a nod back, you know, the actual show itself. And I guess even the book, you could say, was, you know, a nod yeah. back to Creep Show and stuff. So, um, no, it was nice. It's just nice to see that they carry on that theme. Like every episode, somebody's getting their comeuppance and uh, they carry on with like the same lighting type shit. And the music feels the same. And uh, so I'm glad to see that not only did they get to carry on, but it was by somebody with such respect for, you know, Nicotero, like, um, yeah. And stuff like that so. yeah and they're and they're they're paying tribute to so many like horror films like the yeah yeah the one with ted raimi the evil dead it's fucking yes. evil dead yeah I that is love like that one dude. dude that was the one like someone told like creep show the series came out and i was like nah man i'm not watching it creep show 3 was fucking terrible like romero and king aren't involved in it like that the last time that happened they put out dog shit like i'm not bothering with it and my friend Pat, who used to be in my band, was like, bro, you need to watch Creepshow. Just fucking jump to the Evil Dead thing, and it'll sell you on the rest of the fucking series. Yeah. So I jumped, I jumped to the Evil Dead episode, and I was like, all right, I'm in. And then I, like, devoured yeah. the whole series. Like, don't get me wrong. There's some fucking stinkers in there because, like, you know, there's, like, a million little, like – because I think, what, each episode has, like, two stories? Yeah. So, like, yeah. So there, yeah, so there, unfortunately, there is a few stinkers in there. But, like, overall, it feels like – something that if Romero was like alive and King was still involved, like had any ownership of the, like the franchise, like it feels like something they'd be like, yeah, I'm into this. Like, this is, this is what, this is what we should be doing. Yeah. Like I know, yeah. I know the King had nothing to do with it. Like he says he's watched it and he's like, yeah, he, he kind of was like mum on it. Like he really just was like, Oh yeah, it's pretty decent. You know? And that's like how he yeah. left it. it. Like really like elaborate. Um, but I feel like Romero would be like, he'd be like, yeah, this is fun. Like I, I I've met Romero a couple of times to know that like, uh, like I feel like he would be laughing at it. He would be like, yeah, this is great. Like if we yeah. could do this, this is the best, this is the best way to do it. Like, so yeah. Uh, and, and that's, so I'm glad that they took the, like the original creep show idea or at least like the, uh, the, um, the way that they like, they, they're like celebrating the original creep shows, like doing yeah. the show. Yeah. They're doing it like Tales from the Crypt style almost too, yeah. which is fucking dope. But no, that that one is my favorite episode. Yeah, 
No, that's a uh, that's my favorite episode. But my second favorite one, I really like when. Have you seen the one when Justin Long goes into like Horror Express? He's like building that. Uh, he like builds a machine that sends them back into like horror movies, and he keeps yeah, like yeah. going back. I fucking that one's so fucking cool, just because like yeah. how it like Horror Express is like a real horror movie and shit, you know. So yeah. it's just really cool. Plus the way that they have uh, you know, like him in front of like Peter Cushing and shit in scenes, it's like that's something you never would see like on a real movie. And then yeah, um, they even use the girl from VHS to like play the old actress in scenes where they need her to be like, you know what I mean? Like they they yeah. hit her up as the actress from Horror Express. So it was just cool yeah. to see shit like that stuff that you definitely wouldn't see like without uh people that love these movies you know getting to do them plus the people that have done the show like joe lynch has directed an episode you've had ethan Embry on an episode you've had devin sawa on an episode you've had yeah. dana gold you know you've had so many fucking people on the shit and um yeah. and i didn't even touch on a lot like there's a lot of good directors that yeah. get to do these this uh shit it's yeah. just hard to which, touch on which, them all which show which shows the you know the appreciation that they have for the original creep show like yeah. that's all that's the reason i feel like that it's a watching the show it's a it's a, um a love letter to the first two movies yeah like it's people are like yeah i'll fucking do creep show like i love those movies yeah and it's and it's so much so like like they should just like stop pressing and throw out all the copies of three. Like three should just like disappear yeah. from like the pantheon's time. Like it it's is not so going to turn into a cult classic ever. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like it's like when they did Day of the De- or uh, Dawn of the Dead two, like Contagion or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, I just saw like, that the other day. Just forget that. Just throw that movie out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely one of those sequels that's just kind of like uh it's one of those that's not so bad that it's good it's just bad so it's like just forget yeah. it. let's, let's toss it out but actually i think out. now that we're talking about it, i think the people who did that fucking dawn of the day or day of the day contagion i think they're the people that did creep show three it I makes think sense the, i think they're the same people because every now and then i'll look up somebody's uh filmography and i'm like shit 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 sh-. i'm like why did they yeah. keep giving you stuff <laughs> like everything was bad well well if it's like uh what's his face uh yubi bowl like People in like other countries invested in that idiot because his movies not making money made them money from yeah. like some some weird tax loophole like in whatever country they live in. So when those movies bombed ass, they made a ton of money back on it. So like maybe that's how, maybe that's how those fucking dudes or maybe they have like a rich parent that was like you know left them a shit ton of money and they're like oh I can play movie director now. Yeah. No, I think uh and I'll probably edit. Well, fucking, I'm not gonna edit this out because it's not like I'm gonna interview the guy. But like uh. I think I was looking at Rennie Harlan's filmography the other day and I was like, he's got like a, like one good movie. I can't even remember what it was. He had like one or two good movies, but he's done so much bullshit that I'm like, why are they letting him touch anything? Like they let him do that fucking horrible like Exorcist movie. And if I'm not mistaken, he's about to do something else that's like a horror franchise. I can't remember what it is, but I'm like, don't let him touch anything. <laughs> like stop. He's just he needs to stop. <laughs> but it was one of those that I was looking through like his disc- his filmography and I was just like, this fucking like shit, shit, shit. Yeah, I wish I could he, remember did, what he, he did do the Dream Master. I did like the Dream Master. I'm looking at Rennie Harlan's like fucking filmography right now. I did like the Dream Master. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is I think he had like one film that I liked, but he didn't Die, have anything. He, he had Die Hard two. He did do Cutthroat Island. That movie fucking stinks. But see, he did like <laughs> Deep Blue Sea, which is obviously like bad. Then he did Exorcist: The Beginning. He's got a lot of bad. The Covenant. Oh. He, oh. He's one of the assholes that's doing the the Stranger sequels. Yes, like yeah, that's what it, those, that's like, what it was. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. One of one of those like three okay. movies that no one asked for. Yep. 
but in it, but like uh he even didn't like that movie the covenant which was covered by how did this get made it's so bad devil's pass another one that was straight to video so bad and, and like that's exactly like uh what i saw is when he was doing a stranger so i looked up his shit and i was like why like the best movie yeah. he's done is page master and you're giving him the yeah. stranger <laughs> like that's fucking yeah. shitty that hard too is cool too but that's about it but uh, you know, yeah, but, you know, but Die Hard Two is like the worst of the original like series, like yeah. the original run, like yeah, like three Very blows much. that one out of the water, and and yeah. one is yeah. obviously the fucking best Christmas movie ever. So, you know, uh, so, yeah, so yeah, so even he he made like a decent movie, but he still made the worst of the original three. So yeah, that's just a bummer because there's so many good young directors out there that have made like I'd like to see the girl that did Bra- that movie Braid that we talked about a couple uh, yeah. episodes, like let her do a Strangers, like. Give her something that would bring her to an American audience because right now Braid Wait. is kind of barely breaking through. But I got I got a really good idea about the strangers. You ready? Just don't yeah. do that. Just don't <laughs> make it. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping that something happens where the strangers and the Exorcist trilogy both just get lost in a fire somewhere so we don't have to see those things. Well, you know what'll happen. You know what's gonna happen with the Exorcist trilogy? The first one's gonna fucking rule, like Halloween 2018 did. And yeah. then yeah. and we're gonna be like, Yeah, this is gonna be great. And then we're gonna be let down by the second two. Just like we were with Halloween. <laughs> yeah, because they, they yeah, announced a trilogy like they have. Yeah, they announced a trilogy like they have full plans, but instead they just have plans for the first one. And then they're like, oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, and the idea, and that's that the other thing about the Exorcist trilogy that like bums me out is that that means the first one is gonna have no stakes. Like yeah. we already know now that like, okay, yeah, someone's gonna get possessed and probably get fucking, you know, exercised and all that stuff, but like we know then now that there's like that's not the end like the demon's coming back in some way and it's going to fuck up someone else like or whatever like there's no like the exorcist the exorcist was a contained movie like and i don't even yeah. know why they did the second one like i love the third one but like it didn't need to happen contain like hey they fought this fucking demon you know and it kind of won but they like saved the girl like and that and she doesn't remember anything and that's the end of it like and we yeah. just move on yep. and she goes and lives her life and you know so the idea of like already like doing oh well, we're gonna make three of these says to me that they like the first one might be great because it's the only one that they'll have like written out fully like the yeah. halloween stuff but like there's no stakes in it so what do i why am i gonna give a shit about any of these characters when i know that like ultimately none of it matters yeah yeah no, I agree 100%. And supposedly, the synopsis for the first one is that somebody else is a single parent uh, has their daughter or son get possessed and he goes and seeks out uh, Ellen Bernstein's character for help, you know, because yeah. she's dealt with it in the past. So I'm like, that sounds like a really good sequel. Just make that. Like, don't yeah. make a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So. But you know, you know, you know that something's going to happen probably to Ellen Bernstein in the first film and then Linda Blair will probably, I mean, they're not going to say it, but I bet you she has something to do with it. Like why wouldn't, if they're going to bring, if they're going to bring the actual actors back from the original Exorcist, like why not bring back Reagan? Like that doesn't, like, I mean, they, I mean, they did it in the show. Like I watched the show, the show was fine. And then when they finally like revealed that um, Gina Davis was Reagan, like grown up, like I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like to connect it to the original, like. And it made it like a true sequel to the original series, and it yeah. completely wipes away like the idea of the second film, which it is needs good. to happen. Yeah. Heretic is like awful. Um, so I was like, okay, that's fine. But like, if you're going to do this series now, that's going to erase all of that, like both, like, and it's literally a di- just a direct sequel to the first film, erasing the idea of two and three and the beginning and all that shit, and just is going to 
you know, it's going to do what Halloween did. Like it's going to wipe yep. away the rest of the, the franchise and basically make this part two. Like, I don't know, like maybe I would have just preferred one movie, like maybe yeah. one follow up to say, okay, Reagan and the mom, oh, I forget her, the mom's name, but like they have to go back and, you know, fight this demon because they and the demon recognizes her like when they go to like meet the child that's possessed they're like it's like oh reagan hello again like and the demon knows her like yeah like they're like like do that and then just wrap it up yeah yeah because they can always talk some shit like you know you're nothing without father Karis or you know whatever yeah like yeah so like right because reagan beat it but it was only because of the father so it would be a good way to like show that her strength also helped it you know what i mean or something you know like yeah. give her an arc that wasn't just like oh she was rescued by these priests pre like give her something else yeah. as an adult so now i agree 100 yeah. it'd be a cool little way to yeah. wrap up you know a 50-year story pretty much without having to without shitting on it at the same time so yeah right. but they're gonna shit on it because they have a trilogy and they're just yeah. gonna fuck it up and i mean that instantly bummed me out you know when i heard that there was they were doing three of them i was like well this sucks yeah. You know, like you're you're going to fuck it up the same way you did Halloween. It's going to bum me out. And like, I'm not as invested. Like John said, if if there was one movie, I'd be really, really invested in it. And I'm not that invested because how are you going to stretch that over three movies? Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be corny. Now, unless they actually have a full idea, which I highly doubt because they made it seem like they did with Halloween and then admitted afterwards that they didn't. Uh, yeah. It's like, don't announce a trilogy. Hellraiser was awesome and we don't even have a sequel announced yet and that one i'd want a sequel to it was good yeah like, so i don't and it does it was opening up a whole new story so you it could get a sequel that made sense so like exorcist like give us the movie and if people are like oh we love these new characters then announce a sequel but until then don't fucking try to force new characters down our throat and or because i feel like they're going to try to bait us in with bernston in the first one and then make us carry on with this new family in the second and third one or whatever which might work yeah. out if it's a good film and like the actors are good and shit like that but i'm just like that's not what like then it doesn't need to be called the exorcist it could be called something else you know what i mean so right uh, but when i i enjoyed uh such a base with you guys again and getting to chat horror you know it's been a pretty much a month it feels like a long ass month. yeah it feels like yeah. a long ass month though just because of I don't know. Maybe we did a little earlier last time just because of the way that it lined up. There's five. There was like five. I had to drop five episodes this month. Well, I ended up skipping a week, so I would have dro dropped five episodes. But um, so like it definitely was a longer, you know, time since we recorded than usual, because usually I only yeah. drop, you know, three in between. So um, this time I would have dropped four if I didn't bail out on a week. But that was because the dudes from Tapehead and um, Massacre and me just could not link up the like the uh, main dude that does Tapehead ended up like going off on tour for a week. And it was like right before I was supposed to record and he wouldn't have gotten back till after like it would have thrown off like my schedule and like recording schedule. So we're just going to figure out something later on down the line for sure. But cool. But hell yeah, I appreciate you guys and uh, enjoy chatting creep show and all the movies with you. And next time we'll be chatting our top 10. So don't forget to check them out. Or, I, can't, uh, I can't, can't wait to argue with you guys next month on the top 10. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm excited to see exactly how different our lists are because i don't know if they will be that different but also feel like they might like i feel like our bottom fives are going to be the real differences so yeah. our, our top fives might not be as different like they might just be different like where they're at in our top fives i mean i might yeah. be wrong but and make sure you check back next week as i'll be joined by tom from the uk hardcore band flesh creep uh and don't forget to go follow us all on you know facebook instagram and 
Twitter, even though Twitter's kind of gone in the shitter. So I haven't even really been po- <laughs> as active on Twitter just because I'm like, like all the memes and shit are making me like not even care. You know, I'm like, well, if, it, yep. if everybody else is finally starting to get out of Twitter, I'm going to use that as my way to exit sl- sl- uh, very slowly. So now, nah, but just make sure you go follow us. These guys are tagged in all the posts and stuff like that. And um, we'll be back at it next month with our top 10. So appreciate you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, yeah, you as well. Man.